Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. up again if you are online or you're here and you're like oh I want his the notes that uh, he's got today and you haven't already signed up if you have signed up it I don't think it'll do anything I don't know but you can text that number 218-217-4848 with the word notes and it will you fill out the little form and it will email you the uh, the notes that I'm using today so just to help, uh, since I took half of the writing space that you had on your uh, on the little pamphlet, um, <laughs> you can uh, you can do that if you want. <laughs> um, so I would uh, I want to uh, just uh, begin to recap a little bit about uh, Mark chapter or what we talked about last week, um, and so <clears throat> let's. Uh, I just want to pray real quick. God, I pray you would help me today. God, let my mind be where it needs to be. God, let me hear from you. God, let me deliver what you've given me. God, I pray that it would touch lives, that it would touch our hearts today. God, touch our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, last week we focused on Mark chapter 8, uh, looking at feeding the 4,000 is what we started with. So Jesus, uh, uh, he feeds the 4,000, but uh, what we see here. Uh, I find so exciting is the part where he feeds the 4,000, but at the end of the 4,000, there is seven baskets full. We see that uh, with these seven baskets, we see like the plentifulness of God. We see that he is a God of more than enough. We see that our brokenness can touch someone else's life. 
we've been talking about that for the past couple of weeks, and um, it's, it's so true. Our, our testimonies, our stories, the things that are going on in our lives have the ability to touch other people's lives. So, so don't say, well, I'm so broken, I'm so messed up, I could never do something for God. The, the reality is, is your brokenness can touch someone else's life, can change someone else's life. And so I want to encourage you today that, that if you feel broken, if you feel like your life has, has been a mess, that it's okay. That, that God is still in control and he wants to touch you, he wants to move in your life. I believe that. Well, we talked about the heart of the Pharisees last week and how they, they asked for a sign. They came to Jesus, and they're like, give us a sign that you're the Messiah. And Jesus is like, no, this is a wicked generation that, that asks for a sign. I'm not, this, sign, this generation won't have a sign. And while I was studying yesterday, um, I, it, it kind of hit me that that statement, this generation, um, and I looked at it, and it, and it, and it kind of clicked with me. Like when Jesus was talking about, I'm sure there were people of the same age that were following Jesus as the Pharisees. So he wasn't talking about a generation of people, but he was taking a, a generational mindset, a generational uh, thing that was going on in, in the time. And so, in that, we can find that that Jesus was looking to reach a generation that wanted a relationship with him that wanted a relationship and so it's important that that we destroy those mindsets of uh, of barriers that, that that stop us from reaching the truth that stop us from reaching and having a relationship with Jesus the most important thing that you can do in your life is have a relationship with Jesus it should be priority number 1 it's a daily walk so the generation of the pharisees had grown out of touch with what true relationship with God means. The generation of Pharisees completely missed the Messiah because Jesus didn't fit the exact mold that they wanted. He was a carpenter's son. He didn't come from royalty. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't born in a palace or a hospital or anything. He was, he was born in a stable, in a, in a manger. Like, think about that. The king and savior of the world came into this world, and, 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 and so many people missed it. And so many people, this mindset, he didn't fit the mold. And so what I want to encourage you today is we cannot put God in a mold. We can't say, hey, this is, this is how you operate, God. This is, this is what it's like. This is, this is how it's going to be. Like, you know, I know, like, we sing two songs and the reason why we sing two songs is because it's really hard to sing, play, and preach. So real soon, one day, when someone else is like doing that, maybe we'll sing three. <laughs> but for now, it's two. And I don't even have that good of a voice, so I'm sure someone's like, Lord, use me because I don't like the voice. <laughs> I try. I practice during the week trying to hit those notes. But, but anyways, we, we, can't, we, we, we can't come to church and be like, okay, well, we're going to sing two songs, and then we're going to sit down, and then we're going to listen to him preach for a little while, and then I'm going to go home, and I'm going to have a snack, or I'm going to have dinner, or I'm going to spend time with my family. Whatever it may be that is just custom for Sunday, that is not what defines your relationship with God. That, that is just a portion, a very small portion of your relationship with God. 
your relationship with God is more so when I get up on Monday morning and I don't feel like going to work, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to put a smile on my face and I'm going to be a light for Jesus. <laughs> when people make you mad on social media, and Lord knows people make everyone in this room mad on social media. <laughs> when someone posts, posts something about an opposing team like the Green Bay Packers and, <laughs> and talks about how great they are and Jim gets, gets all riled up and... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this church is a Vikings church, okay? <laughs> but we also love people that, that, that support the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> I, you, I, you all know I don't know anything about football. So <laughs> this is a Jesus church, let's be real. <laughs> um, uh, anyways, okay, like totally sidetracked there for a moment. <laughs> um, our, our daily life is when we get up and people make us mad on social media is to continue. You know what? I'm not going to let that tear me down. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I am not going to stoop to that level. As, as a Christian, as a re, with having a relationship with Jesus, it does require you sometimes to do the right thing. 99, 100% of the time, <laughs> it requires you to do the right thing. And so sometimes when people make you mad, it doesn't mean you have to respond doesn't sometimes it just means like god bless you love you too you know and and move on don't get trapped in that that mindset and so like through the past couple weeks i'll be honest with you guys like i i'm not i have never posted on my wall very rarely about anything about my faith i've always been afraid to because what will someone think and we talked a few weeks ago about you know, pasts and things like that. I got a past. And I got friends on Facebook who know my past. You know, I've been a jerk before. <laughs> I've, been, I've been mean before. I've said really dumb things before. If you've been, if you've been with me past 10 o'clock, <laughs> you may have heard some of them. <laughs> but uh, I have a good time. But, 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 but serious, I've, I've said some, some dumb things. Like if my coworkers like were watching this live stream, they'd be like commenting, if you only knew, <laughs> you know, <laughs> please don't tell them. <laughs> um, but, but, but uh, in those moments, like I, I so, and so this week I, I was just like, I, I felt challenged in my spirit to share on my social media something that was positive. Like I just look at there and there's just so much negativity. And so... You know, first off, it started funny. Like, you saw the post this week about the dog, right? Like, the, you know, like sacrificing my career for eight extra minutes of sleep, and the dog's like, yeah, that was like, that was the beginning of it. And I realized, I was like, you know, I need to do this more. And so I started posting, like, that quality good stuff, you know, and, and just encouraging. And I started talking about my faith. And I have never done that before. And I was scared. And... I realized in that moment, I was like, I can't hide this. Like, this is, this is who I am. Why should, why should I be afraid or ashamed of my faith? And, and, and so I began to share more and began to share more. And you know what? I challenged myself every day. I'm going to make a post of something positive, something encouraging, something uplifting, because I can change my feed that comes in 
to Facebook. If I start being positive and other people, like, oh, I'll be positive. So this week I challenged some church, some of you guys to do it. And some of you guys have been doing it. And I've been going around, like, finding you and commenting and, and, and liking it and loving it and, and all this stuff. You've changed my feed. So I did it for, like, a social experiment as well. Like, I, my feed is not the same thing that it was on Monday. Like, there's a lot of positivity that's in my feed. And so it changed my feed. So if you change my feed, there are other people's feed in Detroit Lakes across America that we're connected to that their feed is also being tweaked just a little bit. Just a little bit. But you know what? I'll take just a little bit. If you'll just share Jesus just a little bit, if you'll be just a, a little bit of a light, you, you can end that generational mindset and help tear down barriers and bring people to Jesus. So... We're not going to put him in a mold. We are going to, however, position ourselves to be part of his plan. I want to be in the plan of God. And so I'm going to position myself, get my life where it needs to be so I can be a part of that plan. So Jesus warned the disciples. I'm still in the recap part, sorry. Um, Jesus warned the disciples about the heart of the Pharisees, encouraged the disciples to make sure that they didn't get that same attitude in their heart. Remember the part about the beware of the leaven of the Pharisees? We don't want to get that mindset into our heart. And so we have to guard our heart, reading God's word, praying every day, getting a hold of God, having a daily relationship with him. That's how we guard our heart. You, you want to begin to wage war with the enemy, change your life, pick up your Bible, and start to read it. Like, I'm guilty of this. Like, I don't read my Bible every single day. But I try several times a week to read my Bible, to, to study God's word, and I try to pray hmm, at least 15 minutes a day on my, in my drive to work and back and forth. Like I spend time praying and, and, and thinking about the word. Sometimes I turn on my, sometimes reading my Bible is turning on the Bible app and listening to the Bible. That is acceptable. We live in a busy world. If you will listen to the Bible, it will help you, I promise. That's how you guard your heart. You begin to wage war when you pick up the sword. When you begin to wage, that's how you begin to wage war against the enemy. And so anything that comes between me and my relationship with God, I am ultimately setting up and saying that is God in my life. Anything that comes, because remember the Ten Commandments? Like, you remember the very first one? It's like... Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Anything that, like, consumes us, anything that consumes our time, anything that consumes all of our attention, ultimately you are saying is your God. That, from what I read in the Bible, from what I see here, yes, it's okay to go to work. Yes, it's okay to earn a living. Yes, it's okay to have an education. Yes, I, I value all of those things. You can't live in this world without having some money, so work your job. It's okay. You know, yes, you give 40 hours a week, but, but think about it. Like in the time that you give there, is there a time, a moment that you can give to God while you're at work that you can pray and, 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 and Hey, I got a little bit of time before, before the next thing. Love you, Jesus. Thanks for waking me up today. Like we've got to have a shift in our mindset because more than anything, I want to be positioned in the plan of God. I made a post this week. I said, so many people measure. We've been, we've been talking about what's the next step a lot in church and in Bible study. And, 
and those different things. And, and, and I think sometimes we get afraid that I have to take this big step. That's, that's the direction that I need to go. And, and that's the next thing. Like, what's the next thing in my relationship with God? And I made a post. I was like, we, we measure this uh, giant step. That's, that's what we're doing. I said, how about this? Just a pivot. Make sure that you're headed in the right direction. Maybe the next move in your relationship with God is just making sure that you're in the right direction. And then once your tr direction is true, then you start taking some steps. Baby steps. Baby steps. Baby steps off the carpet. <laughs> Brian's laughing because <laughs> we talked about what about Bob in Bible study a few weeks ago. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so Jesus warned the, the disciples not to let that get into you. And so I warn you today, don't let the, the, the mindset of the world creep into your life and begin to destroy your relationship with God. Don't allow career. Don't allow education. Don't allow relationships, the friendships, anything to come between your relationship with God. Your relationship with God has got to be number one. So now that we've recapped last week, which I didn't preach any of that last week, so... I guess that's part of this week's now. Um, Mark chapter 9, um, we see who is the greatest here. So let me ask that question here. Who is the greatest among us? I'm glad no one's raising their hand <laughs> because <laughs> we'd, we'd have an issue. <laughs> because I have, a, I have some verses here that... <laughs> Sometimes, uh, you, sitting there, I've been in the same position you all are, where you're sitting there, and the preacher gets up to preach, and you're like, man, boy, he's going to preach, he's heard from God, all these things, you're kind of excited. Me, I'm like freaking out, while I'm up here, okay, I've been in this place too, and I get scared, <laughs> but I've been in that position where like, you kind of like, oh, and so when you ask this question, who's the greatest here? There sometimes can be a mindset of like, oh, whoever's talking is the greatest or whoever prays the most or the loudest or whatever is, is the greatest. And that is not the truth. So let's jump into these scriptures and let's break this down a little bit. So in verse 33 of Mark chapter 9, they came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the way? Jesus is asking the disciples, what were you arguing? These guys. But they were silent because on the way they had been arguing with one another about who was the greatest. So obviously the disciples were human like us and uh, had fleshly desires to be great and had fleshly desires to be the greatest among them. But what in the world were they thinking? Okay, who's the greatest among us? Like, which one of us do you think is like? Which one do you think Jesus is like, that guy is so cool, I want to be like him? <laughs> oh, that, that person, I just, I want to be like, I want to I be like Peter. I want to be like John. <laughs> you know, like, just think about it. Like, they were just talking about, like, well, you know, I've done this and this and this. And, you know, I said this and this. And, and Jesus said this about me and all these different things. You know, sometimes we can come into this and be like, you know what? I had this person prophesy over me and say this about me. And, you know, I, I prayed for this person. And. And, and they, were, they were touched, and, and, and I did this, and I did that. And mm, you 
did nothing. Sometimes we get it in our mindset that, oh, I'm doing all these great things. It's not me. It's not you. Yes. Oh, I love what you just said. Yes, it's the grace of God. That is why things happen in people's lives. It's not because any of us. It's because of him. It's because I have faith that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what God wants me to do. And whatever it means, I'm going to follow through with it. So it's the grace of God that someone, something happens. And I know this conversation between the disciples is just probably a dumb one. But when Jesus asked the question, they remained silent. So maybe there was some truth in their argument. So how many of us have seen a kid before? They're fighting. Like, I'm, I'm telling a story of myself. Like, hit my sister. Sister cries. Louder than, I mean, come on. Like, I touched her and, ah, he broke my heart. Yes, I fought with my sisters. I am also human. <laughs> so, she, so, you know, then mom comes in and, what happened? Dad hit me. Zach, did you hit her? <laughs> Answer me. <laughs> you know, the disciples, it's kind of funny. Like, it gets, they get painted almost as little kids. Like, oh, man, he got us. <laughs> like, you're sitting in the back of the classroom, and you're, you're talking to the teacher. like, what are you saying back there? I wasn't talking. <laughs> I've been that disrespectful child before. <laughs> it's crazy in school. Oh, it's awkward. Still awkward. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so these disciples, this is just a stupid conversation. But they missed it. Like, who was the greatest among them? Literally, Jesus is walking with them. They could have been like, none of us. Uh, we don't compare. <laughs> but here they are, like, which one of us? <laughs> none of them were like, maybe Jesus. <laughs> I don't, uh, it's, like, it's like taking all of the greatest of football. We're all the greatest of basketball, putting them over here and leaving all of the okay people and being like, okay, which one is the best now? You're like, none of them. <laughs> that's what is happening in this conversation here. That's, that's like the mindset I'm looking at. So I'm guilty of this in my life, though, where uh, I look at superstars and movie stars and rock stars and sports professionals and all these different things. I look at them and, and I elevate them where they are so awesome. They're so great. Oh, if I could just be like them. I remember like, I always wanted to be Michael Jordan whenever I played uh, NBA Jam and stuff. Like I just always wanted to be Michael Jordan. Like I didn't personally want to be Michael Jordan, but I wanted to be him in the game. Like, but, but he was just like so awesome. And, and, and then, like, being a movie actor, I'm like, oh, man, I wish, wish I could have been a movie actor. Like, their lives are so cool. Like, they have all this money. And all of a sudden, like, I'm idolizing, like, a bunch of other things. And if I'm the, I know I'm not the only one in the room that has been like, oh, I wish I was like this person. But it's not just the sports professionals we can do that to. It's people in ministry, too, that we set them up on this pedestal that um, – that they can do no wrong. There's been a lot of ministers that messed up because they're human. Um, so there isn't a person among us today that is the greatest. 
You have a talent. You have an ability. And we're going to take it and we're going to put it together. And we're going to use my talents and abilities. And we're going to reach this world. We're not just going to just, not just this community. We're going to reach this world. We're going to do something great. But it's not just through my talents and abilities. It's through each and every one of your talents and abilities. So who's the greatest? All of us together combined make something great because we are the body of Christ. So that's how it works. So like if you were thinking you were the greatest here today, sorry to burst your bubble. You're not. (laughs) So 35, let's jump down here. Jesus begins to teach them. Sitting down, he called the 12 and said to them, if anyone wants to be the first, he must be last and servant of all. Did you catch that? Less of me, more of you. I must decrease so that he can increase. Jesus was the perfect example for us. He was servant of all. He washed the feet. He, at the Last Supper, he washed their feet. He, he got down on his hands and knees and began to wash the dirty feet. And they were like, no, 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 Jesus, you can't wash our feet. And he's like, no, I have to do this. And, and, and in this story, like, there's so much power. Jesus was servant of all. This next part is so important as a church for us to catch. I've said multiple times, I said it today, that children matter. Youth matter. Everyone matters, but children matter. Why? Because they matter to Jesus. So check this out. Verse 36, why do I say that I don't care if a kid screams in church? Because I believe that if that kid, if I don't make time for that kid, there is a person that will. So any person, individual that's watching online or in here, if you bring your kid to church and they scream and cry, Yes, will it distract people? Yes. But you know what? Every one of us has to have the mindset. Thank you, God, for letting a child be here today because I am so thankful because someone's making time for them. There's a bunch of kids back there in that Sunday school room going crazy and everything. And and you know what? Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead, interrupt service a little bit. Run to the bathroom if you have to. I don't care because I know the importance of children in church. If there is no children in church, the church is dying. And we have to have children. We have to have young people. Uh, That's why I'm involved in youth ministry. That's why I I love that. Um, Children matter. And look what Jesus said in verse 36. He took a child, had him stand among them. And taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one little child such as this in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me but him who sent me. I'm going to welcome children because I'm welcoming Jesus. I'm welcoming, I'm welcoming God into this place. When I welcome children, that's what happens. So when you begin to welcome children, like I know this is just a small portion of, the, of, this, uh, of this today, but, but yes, I want you to catch it. That there has got to be children running and praising Jesus in this church. There has got to be children worshiping God, and we have got to teach them to worship. We've got to teach them to look to Jesus as, as the answer. We've got to teach them to, to love him. And, and we only do that by modeling what we need to do as Christians in front of them. So when you get upset with your kids, Try not to get too crazy with them. When you get upset with your spouses, try not to get too crazy with them because there are children watching. I remember those things. So let's just spin this a little bit. Talked about children, love children. I believe that Jesus 
was presenting a two what was presenting a dual meaning here not just not just uh talking about little kids he was also talking about adults he was talking about our relationship with him so when we when we come to god i, I look at i look at myself as a child i got to have faith like a child we were talking about the tooth fairy and and all those things and how real they are <laughs> um and 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 like the eyes of a child they just they believe what you tell them what are you telling your children tell them the importance of following jesus but as new believers as as a relationship with jesus we also must have that childlike faith we must come to god in in, in like a child he wasn't just saying children but it was a dual meeting it was a model for us as new believers for new believers we are as children we must care for them and love them we must help them however we can we want to see change in their lives we, i mean you want to see change in people's lives right yeah, absolutely. So, so how do I do that? Well, if, if I come to church and I just ignore every single one of you, every service that you came to, eventually you'd be like, he's a jerk. So I know, like, I, I know the, like, how I, I'm super nervous around people. Okay, I, I get super nervous. I get awkward. And, and when I meet new people, I just like it's hard. So coming here sometimes on Sunday, it's hard. Like I stand outside a lot of times with Betty and we talk and, and I open the door or she opens the door and, and all those things and uh, the reason for that is I'm afraid to be in here. Honestly. So here's some honesty for you. Here's like a little bit of me. But I know the importance that if I come to you and I'm like, Hey Teresa, how was your day? And I listen to you and I actually care that there's going to be a relationship that we develop. And then as new people in Christ, as, as people come to Jesus, then, then you can also, like, hello, Jennifer. How are you doing? And it's not me saying it. It's just Teresa. She's talking to her. And I know that we get nervous sometimes around people. I know that because I'm one of those people. But it's so important that you break those, those barriers so that you can help someone else. That's the purpose of the church is not just personal growth but it is the growth of everyone that is in this place today. And so when Jesus was talking about children, whenever, you're, whenever you're, your babies begin to walk, do you just like, what's going on? Like, why, why is my son laying in the floor back there? I said dinner's ready. No, you don't just leave him back there. Like, you go get him. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I believe you. Like, <laughs> I believe you. Okay, when they begin to walk, you don't just be like, oh, just run over there, expect them to run a marathon or anything like that. They, they start wobbling, and you kind of guard them, right? Right? So whenever people come to Jesus, they don't have their life all lined up. They don't have it. You know what? Some of you guys are doing great. Praise God. But there's some people that are struggling, that have, that have issues, and you know what they need? They need someone to come alongside them and guard them. 
and help them along the way. That is what the church is supposed to be. That is, that's how we're supposed to operate. Are we going to be perfect at it? No, because sometimes kids fall and bang their head and get cuts and need stitches. And you know what? As a new Christian, you're probably going to fall. You're going to probably get hurt. And, but you know what? Every parent picks up that child, takes them, and gets them the help that they need. And that is the model that Jesus was presenting here to his disciples. And, 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 and I think that is what we are supposed to be. When someone gets hurt, when someone gets knocked down, we're supposed to go and help them up and take them to get them the help that they need. And who is it that we take them to to get the help? The great physician, Jesus Christ. He can touch, he can move in their life. So now we gotta take a break for a moment because the disciples missed it. What? I don't think this is in the scriptures on the handout. They wouldn't fit, but we have to take a break in that thought for just a moment because John missed it. In verse 38 says, John said to him, teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name and we tried to stop him because he wasn't following us. John. Like, sometimes I just wish Jesus was, like, more like, I don't know. John, are you stupid? <laughs> Come on, man. I'm trying to lay down some really important stuff right now, and you're, like, worried about some stuff that's happening. We should be a team, right? Like, if someone is doing something in the name of Jesus, like, all right, let's log arms and do it, right? <laughs> all right, so... Here we see John, like, should I, I tried to stop him because he wasn't following us. And Jesus, in verse 39, is like, don't stop him, Jesus said. Because there is no one who will perform a miracle in my name who can't soon afterwards speak evil of me. For whosoever is not against us is for us. For whosoever is not against us is for us. And whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ. Truly, I tell you, he will never lose his reward. So did you catch the powerful words that Jesus said? If they're not against us, they're for us. Let's team up and let's, let's do something for God. Let's work together in the name of Jesus and let's reach this community. Let, let's reach, let's, let's, let's reach Minnesota. Let's, let's reach, let's reach North America. Let, let, let's reach the world. There is, there are people on our live stream from Africa and from Argentina. Come on. This little church is having an impact on lives all over the place. There is a group of people in Texas. You guys have church family, and I try to get them all to join that e-family group because I'm like, we need to have connection. We need to have community. Like, jump in there and say something because there's people from all over the place that need relationship, what in the world is going on? This church is reaching other people in different states, in different counties, in different, in different countries. Like, we're not, we're not, we don't have no huge production, but God is using something here. Something's gotta be right here. Let's jump in and do this. Let's work as a team and reach our world. So back to my favorite part. Okay, so we, we talked about that. We, we talked about all these things, you know doing uh okay john had his moment there jesus i tried to stop him and jesus is like i just imagine like jesus like rolling it like he probably didn't because he was probably really classy and awesome and and here i am like i would roll my eyes if someone did this and here he goes jesus 
begins to lay down some more truth about children. Verse 42, it goes, But whosoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to fall away, it would be better for him if a heavy millstone were hung around his neck and were thrown into the sea. Whoa, Jesus! Hold up, Jesus! Jesus, remember this whole series is about what Jesus said and did and things like that, and we need to fall in love with Jesus. That's like the whole thing I'm trying to paint here. And Jesus is all like, if someone hurts him, we should hang a millstone around his neck and throw him in the sea. Whoa, Jesus, that's kind of harsh. Because I don't, I don't think he's talking about just, just children. I think he's also talking about new believers, new, new people in, in relationship with him. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus, help me never to create a barrier that stops someone from coming to you. Jesus, never let me stop someone for, from having a relationship with you. Never let me cause harm to someone that is trying to have a relationship to you. God, help me to reach them and love them. That's my prayer. Whoa, that was tough. So it wasn't just about the children, but it was also about our, our, our faith in him and, and having a relationship with him. So maybe you've wondered what the next step may be. Maybe the next step for someone, or not everyone, is to begin to help a new person walk the walk. Help a new person down the road, take him by the hand, take him to the Bible and be like, let me show you what the Bible says about your situation. Teach them that this contains answers for their life, contains answers for what they're going through, for the situations that they're in. That's the job of each and every person. But we also have to have babies. It's okay to be a baby. It's, it's okay to be someone who needs their hand held. It's, it's absolutely okay. And it's important when you're a baby to be a baby. You don't take steak and feed a baby. You don't give him a, you don't, you've, you've never given your son like one of those little ones, those new, newborn ones that are like a year old. Like you haven't ever gave him a steak and said, here, eat this. Okay. Okay, exactly. Yeah, okay. Right, okay, good. You don't just like hand him a steak. They don't even got teeth. Like there's some really good stuff in the Bible, okay? Some really good stuff, but there's some stuff in there that has to be taught in love and, 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 and carefulness. And sometimes, you know, the, the baby food is like steak and carrots. It doesn't taste like steak and carrots, but that, that ground up whatever that you give them, like, that's good for them. But, ooh, ooh, that's stuff. <laughs> I don't know how they eat it. <laughs> Poor children. <laughs> but, but you've got to give it to them, like, gently. You don't just hand them the steak. The same thing is true. You don't just, like, take the Bible and start beating people's heads and, and say, hey, here's truth, and just, like, you need to get this in your life, and, like, you need to do this, and you need to do that. And that's not what relationship with God is. That becomes rules again. What I need to do is teach someone in love what the Bible says. Remember the, the, um, the, the Ethiopian eunuch. How can I understand except for someone teach me? We need some more people that, that, that want to learn. We need people that say, hey, teach me. And, and we need people that will be like, I want to teach. All right. We need people that will teach, and we need people that say, I want to be taught. You need them all. 
Like, it's okay to be someone who is taught as long as, as you move on. You become someone who also will teach. All right, I'm just about done. I'm making a few final closing things, and, and we'll pray, but he wants to use you. He wants, you to use, he wants to use you to point people to him. So everyone, take a deep breath real quick. All right. If you're online, we can't hear you breathe, so just type breathe. It's about, the, it's about the same time. So just type breathe so we know you're alive online, you're awake, and you're here. <laughs> but the next part is crucial to all of us because it speaks to our nature. Jesus was pretty specific in what he says in this part. He was very clear that sin is not okay. So let's look at what Jesus says as we wrap up. In verse 43 it says, And if your hand causes you to fall away, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and go to hell, the unquenchable fire. Whoa, Jesus. Whoa, Jesus, you're talking about hell here. Like, hold on, Jesus. Like, (laughs) you told me if I mess up, I should just cut my hand off. (laughs) Like, uh, just let me preface this. I am not asking anyone to cut anything off, fuck anything out. Like... Insurance will not cover that. (laughs) But but seriously, okay, so Jesus, he's just like, if your hand is going to cause you to repeatedly sin, like, cut it off. It's better for you to go to heaven with one hand than hell with both. Um, And then he says, and if your foot causes you to fall away, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. Whoa, Jesus, two verses right in a row, like, on. Jesus, you're love and, 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 and flowery and pretty and all these things. No, Jesus like was, hey, get it together. <laughs> like Jesus was very direct. This is like the fun part, like where Jesus really gets in to people's faces. And if your eye causes you to fall away, whoa, gouge it, gouge it out. For it is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell. Jesus, that's three verses in a row that you mentioned hell. Like, (laughs) slow down here. Like, you're really, like, if if my eye causes me to sin, I should gouge it out. Please do not go home and gouge out your eye. That is not what I'm asking you to do. We're going to apply it to a spiritual principle here in just a moment, just so hold on. (laughs) Um, In verse 48, it says, Where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good. But if the salt should lose its flavor, how can you season it? Have salt among yourselves and be at peace with one another. I want to really draw your attention to that. Be at peace with one another. We should work in peace together. We should be serving God together. We should be reaching this community together. We should be working and, 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 and combining our talents and our, and our abilities to reach this community better than ever. So that's good. Okay, so let, let's see. So every one of us needs to examine our lives, right? And so I want to I wanna bring the, the cutting things and the plucking out eyes. I, I do really believe that Jesus was was kind of literal when he said this. Like, if you continue to sin, like, pluck out your eye. I don't, please do not 
I did not tell you to go pluck out your eye. I did not. <laughs> Jesus did. <laughs> but, but we need to examine our lives. So let's apply this to a spiritual aspect. So if I continue to fall away, if, if my hand continues to cause me to sin, I, I am the hands and, and we are the hands and feet of Jesus, right? And so if, if the hand begins to not do what it's supposed to do, if we continue to, to, to go through things, I, I need to cut that out of my life. So we go to like a, a, a more of a, a spiritual aspect here. Why don't I do certain things in my life? Let's talk about me for a while. I used to drink and, and, and party and all those things. I engaged in, in drugs and, and different things. And I've talked to some of you about like my crazy past and like kind of told some of you like the deeper and darker stuff. Like I don't really just air that out, but uh, I, this is why I believe that I need to follow the word of God. So why do I cut those things out of my life? It's because if I continue to carry those things in my life, I will continue to slip away from Jesus. So what do I need to do? I need to cut it off. I need to stop going back to it. So if, if things are in my life, I'm bringing it up. I, I talked about, I, I mentioned this in one of my posts this week, your past doesn't define you. It's, it's, not, it's not who you have to be. It's not, it's not what you always will be. It's, it's, it's not that. that is, your past is not that. It is your past. Yes, it is a part of you, but it doesn't have to define you. You can, you can move forward in your relationship with, with God. And so I'll give you an example. So when I was in the military, I've said this too many times. I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but I just felt like I needed to get out of the military story, end of story. Um, and, and the reason why is because of the stuff that was happening in my life. Sin's bad. And if I continue to sin, I don't have relationship with Jesus. Sin is what separates. We can go all the way back to the beginning. Adam and Eve, what happened? They sinned. They lost relationship with, with God. And the same thing is, is true with us. When I, when I have sin in my life, I, I'm losing relationship. And so I want, I want to do my best to not have sin in my life. So when I do things in my life that, that bring back up the past, that, that, that bring the past up and keep it with me, sometimes that's relationships with people. Sometimes that's uh, relationships with things. Sometimes that's uh, uh, a lack of accountability. And, and so if I continue to do those types of things in my life, I continue to bring that sinful nature back up. I've got to cut it out. I've got to prune the tree, right? So that's the one thing that you do, like to help a tree produce more fruit. You, pr you prune it, right? And so the same thing is with us because we are like that fruit tree. And so we've got to prune some things out of our life so that we can produce the fruit that we are so desiring to produce. Everyone has the opportunity to produce fruit. I'm not asking anyone to produce an orchard. You don't need to do that. I'm talking about one fruit. That's enough. That's it. Because you know what comes from that one fruit? You begin to eat that apple. What happens at the middle of the apple? There's seeds, right? Take those seeds and go ahead and plant them and take care of them. And then all of a sudden, you're going to have, a, eventually, you're going to have an orchard. But you don't need to go from, from nothing to an orchard. 
You don't need to ha- go from go from nothing to, to having everything. You don't, you don't need to go from, from nothing to, to being the need for being, being the answer for, for everyone or having the answer for everyone. That, that's not the case. You don't need to go from not knowing a single scripture to knowing the entire Bible from front to back. It's not, that's not what I'm talking about. What you need to do is take one scripture, learn that one scripture, and, and it hide it in your heart, and then learn another one because that is what's going to keep you, your relationship with God. Those are fruits. Changing your life and pivoting, that is a fruit. Taking a little step, that is a fruit. You all, every single one of you, are producing fruit in your life, and some of you don't realize it, and God wants you to know that what you're doing is good. Keep doing it. Don't give up. He loves you, and he cares for you. The steps that you're taking are giant steps in your faith, so keep believing. Keep holding on because he loves you. He cares for you. Don't back down. Continue to reach for him. Continue to to prune those things out of your life. You don't have it all perfect and you're not going to have it all just, just nice and perfect, but that's okay. You don't have to have it down. But if you'll begin to just trim a little bit here and there, you'll begin to produce the fruit in abundance. And that fruit will touch other people's lives everything here that we've talked about the past few weeks is is wanting to see God do something in our lives to see him change us to see him touch us and I just want you to know you don't have to be perfect to be a Christian Jesus was the only one that was perfect and they crucified him I love hearing those kids sing. (laughs) So if there's sin in your life, Jesus loves you. If there's something that separates you in relationship with him, he loves you. But it's important that you examine your heart and ask him to remove those things from your life. Anything that comes between you and your relationship with God is ultimately sin because we're not supposed to have any other gods before him. What do you need help with? Maybe, you're, maybe you don't need anything. Maybe things are going really great and you're taking steps. Thank you, Jesus. But some of us have some mountains that need to be moved. Some of us have some chains that need to be broken. Some of us have bondage that needs to be broken. Some of us have some things in our life that are stopping us from moving forward in our relationship with God. And I want to challenge you today that if you need prayer, that if you need something from God to make your way to this front, you know what, even if you don't need something from God, maybe you just want someone to pray with you. To the front. You don't have to. You don't have to have like your world in shambles to come to the altar. Like that's not what the altar is for. This is for anyone. I didn't. It's like super small, but you know what? Sometimes we just need someone to pray for us. You don't have to be all messed up to come and get prayer. I need prayer. I need people to pray for me. So if you would like someone to pray with you today. I challenge you to come up here because 
We serve a miracle-working God, a mountain-moving God, a God that tears down strongholds, a God that breaks chains, a God that tears out the bondages that are attacking you. Jesus, I pray right now that you would sweep across this place, that your presence would begin to move in this place. God, that you would just touch us today. God, you know every heart that's here, everything that's going on in every life. And I just pray right now, God, that you would begin to minister to each and every one of us, that you would wrap us in your arms of love. God, I pray that you would touch right now. In Jesus' name, God, that you would move. If you need prayer, won't you come and, and, and let me pray with you. In Jesus